discussing all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality 101. So if you've ever wondered what the law of attraction really is, or what it means to be awake, or what a blocked root chakra is, then this podcast is for you, and the universe led you here for a reason. So we are back here at the Eaton Hotel. If you are new to my podcast, I was on a little bit of a hiatus while I spent some time in Turkey, and today's show will actually be all about that. And again, if you're new, I encourage you to go back to the very beginning and listen to the debut episode, which kind of outlines who I am, what this podcast is all about. So basically, my name is Michelle Schoenfeld, and I'm an energy healer. I'm a reformed Keturaholic, and I have been doing this podcast now. This is going into our second season, which is how I'm going to be launching it. So... We are live at the Eaton Workshop, which is in downtown Washington, D.C., and usually this podcast will have different guests. We talk about all sorts of things from EFT and tapping to chakras and meditation and all that kind of spiritual woo-woo stuff mixed in with well-being, but today I want to go over my hiatus and a little bit about Turkey and what took me there. So sitting in the studio with me, I have my friend Jen. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining again. She's been a great supporter since the very beginning, actually. Um, and you actually, do you, have you spent time in Turkey or you just know I have. Bit? I have. I was in Istanbul uh, in 2005. Absolutely fell in love with it. I felt like there was no place. I felt like it was in a James Bond movie. It was like the perfect mix of, of um, being mystic yet very cosmopolitan all at the same time. It was absolutely beautiful. I loved, I just loved it. Yeah, I, I, the first time I went there was actually four years ago. So you are there longer ago than I was. And the same thing. It was right after I finished my cancer treatments. It was my bucket list trip. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to go somewhere I had never been before. Um, it was coming off a divorce, again, coming off of chemo. And it was Turkey or India. My grandfather... Ooh, nice choices. I know. I was really excited for my India part, but it was August. And yeah. there was no way I was going to... India in August. Right. So Turkey it was. Excellent choice. Yeah. And I remember walking in the first time. Um, we arrived at night in the morning. I woke up and coming to the hotel and looking out over the Bosphorus. Mm-hmm. And the Bosphorus, for those of you who don't know, is the body of water that connects the European side of Turkey to the Asian side of Turkey. So there actually are two totally different sides to Turkey separated by this beautiful body of water that connects the Marmar Sea to the Black Sea. And it's salt water, but it's just so stunning to be standing in Europe and looking at Asia. Looking into Asia, <laughs> and you see the domes and the minarets, and then all of a sudden you hear the call to prayer. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. The first time I heard the call to prayer, and the call to prayer, they play five times a day. Yes. Correct. And it has nothing to do with the government, actually. Turkey is not um, very similar to us. It is not a country that is ruled by religion. It's not part of their constitution, but it is obviously a pretty religious country. Yes. So they do the call to prayer, the, the temples do, the mosques do. So five times a day they will play. It's actually really beautiful. Maybe the next podcast will bring a clip so people can hear it. But when you don't know it and you're Western and you're a blonde American <laughs> and you don't know, I didn't know if I was supposed to drop to the ground. Am I supposed to pray? Do I need to cover my Face shoulders? Mecca, right. Exactly. Right, which way is east? What do I do? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you get so used to it that actually now I find it really comforting. I love it. Yeah, it's really a very soothing, beautiful um, sound, I feel like. Very beautiful. Yeah, and it kind of keeps you on track, too. Indeed. So let me tell you guys a little bit about my turkey trip. So originally, 
for those of you who have been listening, um, I did six episodes of this here, and we've had different guests here. And right before I left, I was in a really bad accident. So if you hear me with a little bit of a lisp, I went face first off a bike into Constitution Avenue right in front of the Capitol. I know. That was terrible. <laughs> it was horrible. I broke my arm in a couple different places, knocked my four front teeth, um, damaged my leg. And so I um, do have a little bit of a lisp because I'm still in the process of getting my teeth fixed and they have to heal another few months. So if it's annoying to anybody listening, I apologize. But <laughs> so I had to postpone my trip and I had big plans for this podcast in Turkey. I was planning on interviewing a mandala artist who is really amazing. She's also um, kind of a shaman and a vegan chef who does raw food for the Life Co., which is actually where I was working. And I had a whole list of people lined up. And then when I got there, for whatever reason, I got there in April and stayed until July, I... it. It didn't feel right. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I just felt like some resistance. And, you know, I talk a lot about law of attraction mm-hmm. and the path of least resistance. And I'm like, well, if it doesn't feel right, don't force it. And every week I'd be like, oh, okay, I should do it this week. And it was beautiful. So just to give you an idea of where I was, um, maybe I should backtrack a little bit and tell you what I was doing. So I went to a place called The Life Co. And I encourage anybody listening to look it up. Again, The Life Co. is in Bodrum, Turkey, which is in the Aegean Sea. It's a little peninsula that kind of sticks out in all the Greek islands, but it's part of Turkey. And The Life Co. is the number one well-being and detox center in the world. They only take about 40 people at a time, but it is beautiful. And their um, kind of their mission is to help you detox your body and clean up from the inside and the out. So you're alkalining your body, you're getting rid of heavy metals, you're getting rid of all the toxins that we put onto our body um, on a daily basis through what we eat and drink, even tap water, lotions. Um, And then they also work on the spiritual and meditative side. So I was going in as a well-being consultant and I did meditations every day, I did nighttime healing meditations, I did a well-being talk called um, the mind-body connection and your ability to heal. Lovely. And it was really great, actually. One of my favorite parts of that, it was an hour lecture, and I talked about the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people know what that is. Basically, anytime a drug comes to market, for the FDA to approve it, they have to test it in animals, and they test it in people, and they do about three rounds of clinical trials. And in the trial, one group of the people gets placebo, which is just a sugar pill. Mm -hmm. The other group gets the actual medication, and nobody knows what they're getting, even the people giving it. The nurses don't know, even know, and that's called double blind. When they do this, there's always a certain number of people that get better because they think they're gonna get better. Absolutely. And they're just taking a sugar pill. So you have the regular group, and then you have the sugar pill group. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's 20%, but sometimes it's 40, 50% of the people get better because they think they're getting medicine. Power of the mind. Exactly. So I go through that, um, I also, there's a really great study that came out of the North um, American Journal of Psychology, and they take groups of athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was over 400 college-age male athletes. They divided them into two groups. For four weeks, one group worked with a hypnotherapist, and they went through a complete workout every day in their mind. The other group worked out with a physical trainer lifting weights for this four-week period. Cool. At the end of the period, the group that lifted the weights had a 27% increase in muscle mass and strength, but the group that just did it in their mind every day, never touched a weight, never went to the gym, had a 24% increase. 
in wow. muscle mass and strength, and they never touched a weight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that it just reinforces everything we read about everything we focus our thoughts on. Exactly. And that's one of my favorite things to teach. So I was doing that there. Um, most of the people there happened to be women. and But I had a really big group of um, Lebanese businessmen one week. And they sat in there and took my lecture and mm -hmm. listened and asked questions. And then came to my nighttime meditations. And a couple of days, I also did morning twice a week. I did a 7 a.m. sun meditation. Because it's really important to balance our energy in the morning. And a lot of times it's the, when we don't want to do it because we're rushing. <laughs> I'm so not a morning person. I wish I was. I think it's a better way to be in life. It is. It's hard. I'm it, a night owl. I, I know. But you're super creative. Admittedly so. A lot yes. of creative people really get a lot done at night. It's true. I'm most awake and inspired at yeah. night. And you know, I think that actually has something to do with being unplugged. Because at night, a lot of times other people aren't available. Maybe there's nothing on TV. I don't think you're a big TV person anyway. Mm -mm. But there's not as much available to distract you. True. I don't know if that has anything to do with just being unplugged a little bit. I don't know. It's just always the way I've been, literally, yeah. since I was a child. I so. was that way, too. Um, and then when I went through chemo, I just was up all the time. And somehow my body switched over. Sure. I'm very different anyway now in a lot of great ways. But I switched over. And now I'm much more of a morning person. Interesting. So when I get there, um, so I went to work for the Life Co. And I'm doing their well-being. And they um, had given me a contract. What I was going to be doing. It was six days a week. And when I got there, their budget had changed. <laughs> oh. And being a very trusting person, I had everything in writing. Um, so we figured out <laughs> how we could still get, uh, they could get the most out of me. I could still make a little bit of money. Um, and everybody could win on this. So we backed out. I ended up working more of a part-time, which was perfect because it allowed me to take on private clients. But part of the part-time was I did this morning sunrise meditation. And when they first said to me, Sunrise. I was like, oh, I don't want to get up at six o'clock in the morning twice a week to teach. <laughs> like, there's no way I want to do this. And within a week, it was, or maybe two weeks, it was my favorite thing I did. Yeah. It was just to go for a walk. And we walk there. So it's on the Aegean. Think of Greece. Think of any movie you've seen in the Greek islands. It's terraced. So all the houses pretty much are white. Mm -hmm. They're terraced up the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. You have the beautiful blue, deep blue Aegean Sea at the bottom. And it's like a lake. There's no waves. There's mm -hmm. no currents. It's just beautiful, crystal clear. And then you get these gorgeous sunrises. And the way where I was on Bodrum, I got the sunrise versus sunset. And so you literally watch the sun rise up through the sea. And we would get down there mm -hmm. after our walk just in time to do this beautiful sun salutation. Sounds glorious. And bringing in all this positive energy from the sun. And we do a little clearing, put our feet in the sand and do some grounding. Um, we do a little thing in the water. But to bring in all this really amazing energy from the sun while our feet are in this healing water of the Aegean mm -hmm. was surreal mm -hmm. to the point where I definitely a few times had tears of, and it sounds so corny and cliche, um, but of just how happy I was. Like I couldn't believe that this was my job and I was being paid to do this. But not only was I being paid to do this, people were finding value in it. Isn't that an amazing feeling? It was an amazing feeling. It was, you know, people were coming, and it's interesting. People come to the Life Co. and they're coming to detox. A lot of people are coming to lose weight. They're coming from busy, busy jobs. I have, like, these Lebanese businessmen actually work in Dubai. They're in energy. And they come and they're all stressed and their chests are pumped. And mm -hmm. for, I don't know why they chose to come, but they did. Um, I don't know if it's a team building or not. 
And then you have a lot of women, mm-hmm. um, a lot of women, I would say more 30s to 50s. Some of the women in their 50s are bringing their daughters. There's some younger girls as well. But the age, I would say, is mostly 30s to 50s. Right. And they come in and nobody honestly looks that happy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the third or fourth day, people have smiles. Nobody's wearing makeup. They're in their bathrobes all day. And they're finding value in this. They come in the beginning. They're like, oh, I don't meditate or I don't want to take the time to do that. They want to get their massage. They want to get a facial, of course. Right. They want their healthy food. But they don't really want to take the time to meditate. And by the end, people are saying, you know, can you come visit me in Lebanon? Can you come to London? Where else do you teach this? Are you online? And it wasn't like, of course, I want to say, yes, I was so special and thump my chest. I'm really good at what I do because I feel like I am really good at what I do. We mm-hmm. should all tell ourselves that more often. Absolutely. Right? Sure. Um, but it was really that I was kind of their first exposure to anything like this. What did they like the most about what it is you were putting out there for healing for them? I think, first of all, the meditation, because people didn't know what to expect. And the kind of meditation I do there is um, we do it to candlelight. We do it in the evening after it helps break up the night when you're detoxing because you're not eating. Yep. You get lots of juices and drinks and supplements and things like that. And it's all natural organic. Mm -hmm. But there is that lull at night where you can get kind of bored and it makes you think about food. So the meditation I would do is at night. Mm -hmm. We do it with candles. We do it outside. I brought my crystal singing bowl, nice. which has this. a really nice deep C note. Just kind of, you can feel it in your chest and oh, stuff. Yeah. So when I start, I tell people the kind of meditation I do is different. And there's different styles for everyone. There's mantra based. There's clear your mind, sit quietly for 20 minutes. There's things are all sound, but mine is guided meditation. So I do it all in English. Wonderful. I talk the whole time. I get people into a really nice, relaxed, um, almost like a trance through, almost like a hypnotherapy kind of, but just helping them breathe, helping them relax. We feel light and cool and we float like there's no gravity. We feel heavy. We sink into our chairs. We feel warm. We go through all these different sensations to kind of warm up your mind. And then I do a really beautiful clearing. I do something where we bring out our, our wings that are tucked just behind our shoulder blades mm-hmm. and we open them up and we give ourselves hugs and we look at them. We see how beautiful they are, these energy wings. Um, we do all different things. Every night I do something different. So I'm also an intuitive. So I pull from the crowd what I feel people need that night. And it sounds like this might sound like really intense or really woo woo. It's not. It flows really well. And I tell people, if you want to fall asleep, like that means your body needs it more than it needs this. So go ahead. Try to stay awake. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to fall asleep, go ahead. Sure. So I think what people liked about it the most is that they had no idea what to expect, and no matter what, they're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And- I mean, I think everyone, I, I personally prefer guided meditations because I think everyone, well, not everyone, but people who are new to it kind of need a point of reference. Yeah. Um, and to stay on course and not feel like they're not, not doing it right. Right. And that's what I think the most people said is like, well, I've tried it before and I didn't like it, or I can't do it. I really can't do it right because I don't know how to clear my mind, or I don't. Yeah, it can be frustrating. For right. Sure. And so I said, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And I move fast enough that you your mind doesn't wander. Yes. You know, I a couple people shared with me that it did a little bit, but again, they were listening to it in English and it was nowhere near their native language, so it was a little more of a challenge for them. But most people. Um, the feedback was amazing. Wonderful. And they're like, can we do a private session or, you know, can we do it in the morning too? And that was just so rewarding mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I would joke, I would say, and every, I hope, please, whoever's listening, take this the right way. I am 
I feel like I am an older Indian woman with lots of henna and lots of jewelry, but I'm not. I'm like a tall, white, blonde girl. <laughs> but inside, this is how I feel. And there's something about being at night and being in the dark that people don't judge. Because when we see people, you judge. Oh, that's the meditation teacher, or that's the yoga teacher, or that's the whatever. But there's something about everybody's in the same place. Nobody's wearing any makeup. Not that that matters, but you know, I'm in Washington, D.C., and we're sure. in a society, especially in the United States, where image is so much you know between Instagram and Facebook and just unfortunately we do judge mm -hmm. you know a lot of times so to be in a situation where people don't have their phones out there really aren't mirrors anywhere that matter mm -hmm. and it's not about that it's about taking care of your body and taking care of your body physically by detoxing and maybe doing some yoga and doing these walks and stretching but taking care of it mentally as well of just clearing out that yuck and that negative energy and just kind of balancing like I talk a lot about balancing, um, so I don't know if, if I if I uh, wandered a little bit too much on that no, question. No, not but, at all, not at all. But I just I, I there felt, are no rules here. <laughs> I know, right? I just I felt so passionate about it. Um, it it's interesting too. Like so, here I had a very outward facing life for many years. Uh, mm -hmm. For those of you who are listening, you know that. But I uh, was co-owner of a medical spa for 13 years. I was kind of like the Potomac housewife for a lot of years. And um, not that there's anything wrong with any of those things, but it really wasn't authentic to my soul and who I am. I think I did a pretty good job at it, but I never really felt happy. It took me a long time to find real happiness. And that's on me. That's not on anybody else. That was my job to find, and it just took me um, quite a while to find it. As it does for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was something um, really kind of fun about you know, here I lived in a big house in the suburbs, and and here I live in a, a really beautiful condo, kind of modern, overlooking the city. And in Turkey, I was in a very small village house. Um, I have a bell. I actually brought it because I love it so much. Let's see if you guys can hear this. It sounds like a cow bell. I love it. Yeah. Um, there's bells like this everywhere that blow. I actually have three cows within earshot of my apartment. I have chickens in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> And they're free-range chickens. There's no cages or anything. And they actually interact very well with all the wild cats. <laughs> um, I don't have air conditioning in all the rooms by any means. I had to replace the faucets. I have to hold the shower. Like, it is rustic. It is definitely rustic. And when I walk to work in the morning, I do walk past the cow field. Sometimes I have to stop for the goats to cross the street. I'm going to a well-being center. And... Um, really was not, like, didn't use my hair dryer, didn't worry about anything other than what the real things that matter. Absolutely. Am I going to bring it today? Am I going to heal these people? Am I going to, everybody I interact with, are they going to feel better after leaving me than when they came? Right. Right. So that said, because I'm also at a detox center and I'm doing the liver cleanse, um, liver cleanse has a lot of garlic, a lot of ginger, a lot of lemon, a lot of garlic. I love garlic. It's medicine. It is medicine. So the mosquitoes were not biting me like they were biting some people. Um, and I'm not wearing deodorant because I'm at a detox. I don't want any heavy metals in my body. And the ones that you know are natural a lot of times don't really work very well anyway. Correct. And I'm in the Mediterranean, so yeah. who cares? So I would, um, Jamil, who's our <laughs> our person here in studio who I don't, he like, is a little anonymous right now. He's amazing. <laughs> I love him. He runs the, the radio station here and a lot more. Um, but I came in one day doing a podcast and I was rushing and I was running and I was, it was hot. I was like, I'm so sorry. I probably smell. And he's like, please. He's like, people should smell like people. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. 
Excellent, Jamil. We should smell like flowers. We're supposed to smell like people. And just him saying that put me at ease. Yeah, sure. Like, literally for the last two months put me at ease. Like, I think probably for the rest of my life put me at ease. Like, yes, people should smell like people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I like to smell like a flower or a coconut, but, like, in general, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know what's something, I'm li- and I hope it's okay if I interject yes. for a second. I was just listening to what you were saying about where you were a few years ago, and ever since I met you, your story is really all about transformation. Yes. And transforming your life into something new out of a painful situation in physically and emotionally. And just before we started this podcast, it's funny that you were bringing this up because I had told you that I heard my favorite quote of the week. Oh, yes. Yes. Please share. Was um, pain that is not transformed becomes transmitted. And I love that. Say that again. So That's much. really powerful. Say that again. So pain that is not transformed becomes transmitted. In one way or another, it's going to be transmitted. Amen. So you have a choice to transform that into something hopefully positive. And it really sounds like you're, you have and you're continuing to evolve in that direction. And it's nice. I mean, you're trying to manifest a dream. Thank you. I, you know what, two years ago when I was doing my meditations and I always do this little manifest part in my mm-hmm. meditations, visualizing where I, you know, this, this vision of where I want to be always enjoying where I am, of course, but also vision, this visualization of where I want to be, what makes me feel good. It just makes mm-hmm. me feel so happy. And it was always this like kind of white veranda with this beautiful pink bougainvillea overlooking the water. And I'm doing something that helps people and that makes me happy something that helps people and makes me happy. And that's exactly what I just did for the last two months. And I was like, and I had this beautiful pink bougainville on my white balcony. (laughs) And it was like, this is surreal. And at the same time, there's other things in my life that I got that did not make me happy, but I had also asked for those. And that was really interesting as well, because we're not, we have to make sure that when we're asking for things, we're asking for the right things. And it's really like that feeling, that feeling of happiness and the feeling of abundance versus actual material things. Um, so I don't want to like gloss over what you said. That's really powerful. No. And I will say, um, you know, a lot of people who are into wellness, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of us, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to speak for you, but I know you have this in your past as well. We have um, painful situations. Sure. We have like, you know, everybody has a little PTSD. We've all been through painful <laughs> yeah. stuff. And a lot of times it comes at the hands of people who exactly what you just said if you if you don't um, say it again sure if so pain that is not transformed will be transmitted it's so true and you know you think of um, you know abusers to be yeah. honest a lot of times abusers are people that had been abused oh yeah and they don't learn how to transform and heal and so they put it onto other people. Mm-hmm. it comes out it's it like comes quantum, out it's like quantum physics right yes so energy. <laughs> comes out in one form or another. It never goes away. Energy is energy. Yeah. That is that is probably one of the most powerful things I've heard, and I'm so glad mm-hmm. that the universe got you here today because she's supposed to be paddleboarding with her friends. That's right. I'm headed to, <laughs> to go paddleboarding on the Potomac in Georgetown after this. So I'm so glad that you are yeah. here because that probably is the most important message of this whole podcast mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I had a lot of abuse in my life. I've talked about that openly. Um, Which is healthy. Yes, and I've done a lot of work on healing it, 
And I am definitely in a better place, light years ahead of where I was three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. But I'm still doing a lot of healing. It's gonna be an ongoing process, probably for the rest of my life, and I'm happy to take it on. Because once you're aware of it and you learn how to do it, you're on the right track. Absolutely. Um, but it also helps you recognize other people when they have bad behavior, when people don't treat you right, when they maybe do abuse you or talk poorly to you or do things that hurt you, very often you can recognize that they're mirroring how they feel about themselves or mirroring abuse or pain that's happened to them. And instead of dealing with it, they're putting it out there onto you. Oh, sure. I mean, there are all forms of abuse. And, you know, and then when you're on the other end of that, then you're kind yeah. of affected, but hopefully you can be compassionate and forgive them, yeah. which is so hard to do, but it's something like you, you kind of have to do for yes. yourself. Yes, you know, that one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself besides learning to forgive yourself, we have to forgive ourselves uh, yes. for the role we play, um, for feeling guilty, for feeling shame. Those are things that aren't helpful. We don't need those. We need to forgive ourselves. You know, forgive ourselves for bad behavior, of course, <laughs> as well, mm -hmm. but forgiving people who've hurt us that don't ask to be forgiven. And that's a really hard thing to do, but it's so important yeah. to, to forgive those people who have hurt you that aren't asking to be forgiven. Um, and then, of course, healthy boundaries. So <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to Turkey a little bit, only in um, talking about... So this area that I went to, I feel like is going to be the new spiritual well-being mecca of the world. I really do. There's no question there's something in the soil, there's something in the water there that's incredibly healing. I think what uh, Costa Rica was 10 years ago, what uh, Thailand has kind of been the last few years, I think this area of Turkey and the Aegean, you know, maybe parts of, of Greece as well, are really going to turn into being this wellness destination. But the reason I wanted to go back to that is because you have lived abroad yes. a couple of times. Yeah. Well, no, just once. Just once. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you said that it was like transformational to you. It really was. Yes. Tell me a little bit like where did you live and like... Sure. So, you know, ever since I was little, I always wanted to live abroad. I had, I mean, literally since I was four, I mean, it was like, when can I get a passport? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, really, I just always, always wanted to travel and I've been very lucky to do so. And so I was lucky enough to get a job contract offered to me in Lisbon, Portugal. And I did PR, so I accepted you know, yeah, that's saying, a bucket list place for me. It's very hot right now. Like, mm, I have not been there yet. It is. Um, and I say this, you know, jokingly, but kind of serious, that it's it's been discovered. Yeah. Uh, it really <laughs> has. You know, the cat's out of the bag now. You were there and it was still cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lisbon, pre-Madonna moving right. there. <laughs> Lisbon is, um, and I was lucky enough to live to, in Lisbon. I was doing PR for a telecom. And I taught English on the side, and Wonderful. I uh, waited tables at a French brasserie speaking broken French Portuguese. <laughs> I love it. And English, not broken. Um, but it was well, it was transformational for me in a lot of ways because it was it was a goal that I had in mind, and I was you know in my twenties at the time, and you know I didn't have any money, so I mean I, I literally waited. I worked three jobs in order to save enough money to move myself there. Yeah. Uh, the I year, that. you know, it took me a year. And, um, you know, just having to go to, I didn't know, I knew one person in the country. I'd never been there before. Right. I mean, I traveled a lot actually before that, but it was still a big leap of faith. Yeah. Um, or maybe just being young and stupid. <laughs> but being not, brave. But being not. Brave I shouldn't even say that. Yes. Yeah. And I went for it. And I think any time you challenge yourself, and in the process, 
but it's also, you know, it was well thought out and planned. Um, you know, the growth, I mean, to this day, the relationships that I made when I am still friends, we're, we still all meet. I mean, we met love that. 10 years later for my birthday in London and we had people coming in from all over the world. And so it was transformational for me professionally, personally, um, and you know, in boost in spiritually in boosting my I can do it. I really can exactly. do anything that and manifesting, right? Right. So um, and anything that boosts your confidence and makes you feel good about yourself and brings love and new friends to your yes. life is pretty healthy. It is a path of least resistance, right? Like the whole law of attraction. And if it feels good, do it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, don't. Yes. It's like just trusting and being in the flow yeah just being in the flow of what feels good and more of that because mm -hmm. if you just trust the universe or mm -hmm. god or whatever you're comfortable with and go in that direction that feels good you're going to be rewarded and to that you know yeah. it, this this whole experience also was a marriage of things that i felt that i that were intrinsic to me like travel and language i've always loved language yeah. and i didn't learn portuguese yeah. until i got there you right. know so it was just it was very stimulating and, and married a lot of things that were intrinsic to my own interests. And I yeah. think that's important too for following what makes you feel happy and uh, absolutely the flow. And that's actually why I asked you that because, you know, it doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with your lost me at Namaste or my turkey experience, but it has everything to do with this trusting the universe, trusting your intuition, mm -hmm. trusting your higher self. Mm -hmm. We're not taught that in school. We're not taught it by our parents. Most yeah. of us at least aren't. And it's a hard thing to learn. And whether you were aware of it then or not, I kind of feel like you weren't aware of it now, then. But yeah. looking back, you're like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because that's exactly what I just did with Turkey is, you know, I, I applied for this job last summer. Mm -hmm. There's something, I meditated, I was on the roof. I just got this image. You need to go to Turkey. You need to take this to Turkey. So I go. I ignored it, of course, a few times. And then finally I was like, okay, I have to go. I have to go in July for whatever reason. I go, I interview three different places, Six Senses, Life Co., um, a third place as well. And I got offers at all the places. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is surreal. But how am I going to do that? Sure. Like, how am I going to actually go to Turkey and work and do all this stuff? So I figured out a way, of course. I went. I did it. Being there for the two months... Um, I feel very similar to what you're just saying of all these things that I liked. I like to travel. I like the, the Mediterranean. I like Turkey specifically. The people are kind. The hospitality's amazing. They're warm Mediterranean people. And it's probably the same whether you're in Greece or Turkey or anywhere in the Mediterranean. It's just a very wonderful culture. But Turkey specifically, um, it felt like home. So, yeah. you know, some people, they feel at home in Sweden. They feel at home in New York. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. It's what feels like home. And for me, it just felt so good. Mm -hmm. And then doing this career, mm -hmm. it was a little bit different than what I've been doing. And doing some PR on my own. Um, I'll, I'll, next week's episode, I'll talk about that. I was in the New York Times, basically, of Turkey, called the Hurriyet, a big newspaper article, which is great. But getting this to kind of all marry together. And like, I'm learning Turkish. I'm learning the culture. I'm detoxifying my body. I'm teaching well-being. I'm healing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm following my life's purpose and it's working. And you're also making an investment in yourself. I am. I, I had to put money up front for sure. Well, not even monetarily, just yeah. like in your own growth, which yeah. is propelling you trusting. to help others. So trusting so, the path, mm -hmm. trusting. Yeah. Thank you. And trusting my skills that I am good at this and I like it and I have a gift and I want to share it. 
and to not be embarrassed about it, to be authentic to myself and be like, okay, it's a little different than what I've been doing, but this is what feels right. And after two months, like I literally was, I, you probably saw the video, I posted a video on my Instagram. I literally was crying. I was standing with my bare feet in the Aegean on my last day in the sunset. It was ridiculously beautiful. And just started crying because I was so happy that I'd been happy for two months straight. I've never been that happy that long in my entire life. And I had moments that were lonely. I had moments that I was homesick. I had moments that I was frustrated. But overall, I was still happier than I had ever been. And I didn't want to come back. I loved it so much. And of course, I missed people who were here. And I'm glad to be back now. I am returning to Turkey in the fall, by the way. But it was just that, is this real? Mm -hmm. And so part of me wanting you to share your story as well is there's a lot of listeners out there. There's a lot of people out there who are afraid to try something new, but they want to desperately. Or they think, I could never do something like that, or it, plane tickets are too expensive, going overseas is too big of a deal. And to be honest, it's really not. The world's a lot smaller than you think. People are a lot kinder and more welcoming than you think. Mm-hmm. And if there's some place you wanna go, and if there's something that you wanna do, figure out a way and go for it. And if you make the leap, the universe will provide. Yes, exactly. Which I think, um, I could talk about this all day. I think we're getting <laughs> close on time. I didn't even go over half the things I wanted to. I'm going to take that and bring it around. Um, so part of the show normally, again, this is not a normal show. This is a catch-up show, which is interesting when it's live. <laughs> um, and I really want you guys to go back and listen to my other podcasts. They're a little bit more structured. But follow me on Instagram. So it's Michelle Schoenfeld Official. That's Michelle, M I C H. E-L-L-E-S-C-H-O-E-N-F-E-L-D, official, Michelle Schoenfeld official. And you can DM me or you can email me at Michelle at MichelleSchoenfeld.com. Again, it's Michelle, MichelleSchoenfeld.com, because I would love you to send in questions. So part of the podcast is we do a little warm up, we chat, we cover a topic, like I said, whether it's chakras or meditation or whatever we're talking about that week. Then we do a mantra. Mm-hmm. Then we answer a question from the audience, um, and then sometimes we do a meditation or not. So please email me your questions because I'd love to answer them online or on air, and it can be anything from um, spiritual, hippy-dippy stuff, relationship stuff, alkaline, anything you want. I probably can answer it because I love everything that has to do with this topic and well-being, um, and anything that has to do with you know something you think somebody who talks about namaste would know. Um, and then the other thing we do is the mantra so the mantra for this week that I want to do so when we do a mantra here I do it in English and I want you to say it three to four times in a row to yourself several times a day for the entire week and then next week I'll give you a new mantra so we've done things like I deeply and completely love and accept myself act in spite of fear We've done a lot of really um, kind of powerful mantras over the weeks, but kind of based on what you just said about the universe has your back, Mm -hmm. you know, it will reward you. Um, The mantra for this week is things are always working out for me. I like that. Very simple. Mm -hmm. And actually it's not even mine. I got it from Abraham Hicks, Mm -hmm. you know, part of the law of attraction. So it's things are always working out for me. So let's just say it together. Okay. Okay. Things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. Things are always working out for me. 
So say that to yourself several times a day. Look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth, washing your hands, your rear view mirror. And when you say it, feel it. Know that things are always working out for you. And don't worry about anything else. They're always working out. If little details seem like they're not, mm -hmm. then it's not supposed to happen probably. There's probably resistance there for a reason. But the big picture, if it's authentic and it's healthy and it's right for you, it's gonna work out. So a lot of it's just training our mind. So things are always working out for me. Um, so that's really what we have for our show today. Um, there was one thing, I didn't wanna answer a question because I didn't actually get any emails since I was gone for two months. But one of the most common questions I had from my clients when I was at the Life Co. Mm -hmm. was you talk a lot about self-love and about how the key to everything has to do with self-love, mm -hmm. but how do you find it? And I got that, I got asked that a lot. Is like, if we can be kinder to ourselves and kinder to other people and happier in our life in general, and if all that stems from loving ourselves unconditionally, how do you learn to love yourself? Um, and I actually got asked this by several different people. Um, I got asked this by a little overweight woman who um, happens to be a personal assistant for a royal family. And I got asked this by a very famous Turkish actress who is stunningly beautiful and successful. And the only reason I bring those two people up um, is because they're opposite ends of the spectrum. And people are people. We are all the same. When it comes down to it, we're all these really beautiful souls and spirits inside of a meat suit. <laughs> it doesn't matter what we look like on the outside. <laughs> we all have the same basic needs. Yes. We want to feel loved. We want to be happy. So the best tip I can give you for that is every morning when you wake up, this is super simple. Think of three things that you love about yourself or that you like about yourself. And there's no judgment. You like your eyes. You like how tall you are. You like your sense of humor. You like your ability to love. You like your big toe. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Every single morning when you wake up, before you check your phone, before your feet hit the ground, think of three things that you like about yourself and do it again before you go to bed. So the last thing you do before you go to sleep is you visualize in your mind three things that you love or like about yourself and show yourself some self-love. And those small little thing, two, three weeks after doing this, it'll be so easy. You'll think of five, 10, 15 things that you love about yourself. You'll start to get bored with all the things that you love about yourself, mm -hmm. but it will relax your body and balance your energy enough that you'll sleep better, you'll start your day feeling better, and it will be easier for you to think of things that you love about yourself. So that's very, very simple. There's a lot more to it, but if you just start doing that, that'll get you on the right track. Self-love. Self-love, it's all about that. Love it. Yeah, so that is all for us today. Please um, message me, like I said, follow me on Michelle Schoenfeld Official on Instagram or email me. And I look forward to seeing you next week. We're going to be live every Wednesday as part of Wellness Wednesday with Lost Me at Namaste. So goodbye, everybody. Namaste.